Hello, 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 and welcome into my humble opinion podcast. This is your girl, Chef Sharon, and I am excited to be back on the mic with you guys. Listen, okay, so I know, I know I have not been where I'm supposed to be, and that's here on my humble opinion. I know, but I actually, you know, to my defense, semi. I actually did record a podcast last month, but the content I it was a I I struggled with posting and I made the decision not to post. And um as you guys know, I was in Kansas City for the summer. I spent three and a half months there and I was just in a transition of getting back here to Atlanta, getting um, you know, kinda acclimated to my environment and everything, getting just back in the groove of things. So um, just hadn't had time to settle down and actually re-record something. So here I am, guys. Uh, thanks for listening. And um, I have a co-host coming on with me a little later. We're going to talk about that new Dave Spell stand-up Sticks and Stones. That's all I'll say about that for now. But um, we're going to get into that with the Let's Talk About It. But right now, it's time for what they not talking about, okay? Y'all know this is the part of the the show where I talk about things that people are not talking about. We may have seen that article pass our little timeline here or there, but it hasn't really gone viral, has it? You know, we're really not sitting up talking about it because it's good, whereas, you know, most people are, most, most radio shows, podcasts, um, any media outlet is talking about the negative stuff, you know. So, before I get into the what they're not talking about, I want to send a shout out to one of my favorite comedians, Kevin Hart, praying for your recovery. Um, he was recently in a car accident and injured his back, so we're just praying for his recovery. I just wanted to do that shout out because I love Kevin Hart, but anyway, so let's get into what they're not talking about. And what they not talking about is this black engineer who invented a glove that turned sign language into audible speech. How dope is that? Okay, Roy, I, I, I don't want to pronounce his name wrong, but it's, you know, it is what it is. Elila, Alila. He's a 25-year-old engineer and inventor from Kenya. He's found the ultimate solution to bridging the communication barrier between deaf and hearing people. He has, vin- has invented, invented the sign I.O. gloves that can translate signed hand movements to audible speech so the deaf people can talk even to those who don't understand sign language. How amazing is that? That's pretty dope. Um, I just I ran across that. And I was like, wow, you know, because we do see a lot of stuff that's going on in our communities and we don't want to ignore and act like it's not happening and just have our head in the sand and only pay attention to that happy, happy, joy, joy stuff, you know, but at the same time, our black young men, especially are, there's a picture being painted. And sometimes we just need to hear stories that are contrary to that picture that's being painted. You know, there are black men out here that are doing some amazing things. And I think that right there is pretty dope. Um, pretty smart, inventive. And this right here is this this next one is my this is this is my heartstrings right here. This is pulling on my heartstrings. Amazing. Nothing more I love more than food and children. 
And this is both. So 11-year-old entrepreneur Amari McQueen is the youngest award-winning vegan chef in the UK. In addition to being the founder of his own company, um, Dipalicious, <laughs> he's now CEO of a restaurant of the same name. Okay, so he had a pop-up that just recently, um, I think it was in August, you know, he did a, a restaurant pop-up uh, in his, it, well, I don't know if it's, it's Brock's Park, Croydon, um, somewhere in the UK. <laughs> wow. The, um, and so basically, this young man, he had to learn how to cook. He learned vegan to eat. Okay. McQueen learned about veganism from a PETA UK video. So he was watching, you know, I guess a video, a, a PETA video when he was just eight years old and became determined to, um, you know, learn how to cook food that doesn't, you know, harm animals and stuff like that. His mom became sick at one point and he had to learn how to cook for the family and different things like that. So he is a vegan chef. He has won awards uh, for his work. He's 11. <laughs> He's won the uh, the Proud and Gifted Award for his work as a vegan chef and youth empowerment speaker. Um, what other award did he win? The little, the little heat, the true little hero award for being an entrepreneur hero under 12 by the, um, he won that by the, uh, cause for children. Okay. So, oh, uh, he won the kids award for PETA, uh, compassionate, compassionate kid award from PETA for his work helping animals last November. So he's, um, uh, He's, he's, he's starting to become a decorated soldier here out here, okay? So I am very proud of this young man. And I did I say his name? I did say his name, didn't I? I told you guys his name, didn't I? You guys remember Amari McQueen, 11-year-old Amari McQueen, okay? Remember this young man. He is, he is going places and doing things. He's starting out this early. Can you imagine what he's going to be like when he's my age? And we're not going to talk about my age, okay? So anyway, that's what they're not talking about out here in these streets. These kids doing great things. Um, and so I need you guys to hang on because I think I got a good show for us. I think I got a good show for us. Get ready to question your moral compass. <laughs> you know, uh, the Dave Chappelle stand-up, it's, it's got a lot of attention um, and for good reason. If you haven't watched it, go ahead and watch it so that you can join the conversation. But uh, right now, I got to take a break and I will be back with Big Drew. So hold on with me, please. I'm in the recording. I'm here. <laughs> I'm I'm glad you're here because I I I thought maybe you didn't get my invite, so I'm glad to have you on the mic with me. Everybody, this is my little brother, Big Drew. He's on the mic with me today, and we're just gonna talk about some stuff, you know. Um, yeah. Let's go ahead and get into it. <laughs> so, oh, I'm saying I'm getting into it because that pause there, I was like, maybe I, I run this show too. I didn't know. The, you know, first off, let me tell you something, young man. Now listen here, I got this. Oh. No, okay, so 
I just wanted to talk about you know what honestly I've been I've been uh going around around you know I guess you know the, the title of this one's gonna come after the conversation is held you know what I'm saying because I kind of I, I just want to get into I don't know, I guess the moral fiber of us you know just as people you know I want to get into the moral fiber of us you know and what's put me there is sticks and stones Dave Chappelle <laughs> uh, it has been stirring up so much controversy and people are talking about it and of course when I when I seen that he had to stand up I'm like I was excited let me get to it because this is one of my favorite comedians like I'm like oh he gonna put out another one let's, let's go but I watched the first part of it and just kind of cut it off I wasn't yeah and that's kind of that's kind of <laughs> when I came into play because you were called me and told me you know your feelings and I had just finished ironically watching like me crawl I had just finished watching the whole thing and kind of encouraged you to finish watching it and yeah. so once you finish watching it, what yeah. Once I finish watching it, and again, not just not just like once I finish watching, but watching it with a different eye, with a more objective eye, and uh, I mean, I, I guess I because I was looking, I was looking for it to be great. I was I wasn't looking to be offended in the beginning, so I think I went in pretty um, open minded, open minded. Oh, so, but I think so my mind was closed. What hit uh-huh. you? What hit you that made you cut it off then? Because that—that's something I did. We didn't ask yet. Like, what? What was the offensive thing, or what hit you in the mouth and made you say cut this? Honestly, it was uh, the whole Michael Jackson thing, and you know when he's like, "Had this room been molested, but you were Michael Jackson?" I thought that was tasteless. I thought it was tasteless for him to say the boy went back to school. How was your weekend? You know, you know, Michael Jackson sucked. But I thought that was kind of whoa. And then when he said, "Well, I'm not a pedophile, but if I was," and how he would do Macaulay, what's that baby? Name? I can't think yeah. of that man's name. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, I can think of his name. I can't ever pronounce it right. But yeah. Um, Macaulay, what is it? Man, he said it. We moved back. They got it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Anyway, so I thought that was tasteless. And for anybody that has had to experience molestation, I thought it was triggering and insensitive. Right. And and it's just I don't think that molestation is a laughing matter. And so I didn't really too much want to hear the rest of what he had to say. But once I finally, you know, looked at it again and watched the whole thing, the, this is the thing, though, what I had to recognize. I was only offended by the stuff that I've been affected by. The rest yeah. of the stuff was funny because I had no I had no dog in that fight. Right. right. And that's, that's not fair to the rest of the people, right? Well, yeah, I mean, but that's life. That's that's the reason why the stand-up wasn't a joke. It was a full, you know, 45-minute or hour-long special or whatnot that, you know, you make it through and it's just like, yeah, this part doesn't affect me. You know, it, it, it stands to reason, like, all the times we've watched Comic View or something, and there's always that one comedian who uses the race trope who just goes in with the unoriginal jokes about white people 
and you kind of imagine how alienated they may feel when someone makes a joke of that nature it's almost like that it's like well yeah here's my time to be offended you know i'm wondering you know and, and that's a loose example but i guess i'm wondering it's just like some you said something to me earlier that was interesting people do come to comedy to get their mind off of those things and what happens when you go to a comedy show and you find yourself triggered you know yeah if you were when he when he talked about suicide he wasn't now this is the thing i don't certain tragedies just don't feel like it's appropriate to make a joke about it period because there's nothing funny about it okay but if you're gonna joke don't be so rude and blunt and almost like I'm not just making a lighthearted joke ha 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 laugh at your pain no I'm being just belligerently rude you know like it, it, when he talked about suicide like how many people in the audience had a loved one who took their life and they're out trying to live life get in life again and you know get past these tragic things and they go sit down and hear someone so they can laugh because laughter is good for the soul and then all of a sudden <laughs> You know what I'm saying? They're being reminded, you know what I'm saying, of, or, of, of a child or whatever. Yeah. Suicide. Or they could also, for the first time, find humor in this tragic situation that's affected, uh, that they're affected by. Um, so it, it's an either or on both sides of it, you know, just to play devil's advocate that an individual's perspective on it because some people need to be for where they are in their healing process some people need to be offended and i'm not saying this is a right or a wrong i'm just saying the reality of where people are in their stages of healing some people okay i don't mean to cut you off some people need to be offended. I don't know. I, okay. I don't know. So, personally, so, I don't like it, but I'm just diagnosed. I'm just saying exactly. Okay. Okay. So with all of his jokes, with all of his jokes, okay. Um, the LGBTQ. No, the rest no, of the no, I don't. Hold on. I don't want you to think that I'm saying that people need to go there to be offended. What I'm saying is, in the healing process some people aren't ready for healing so they're in a space where they're accepting offense as in a perpetual cycle i'm not saying that people need to go out and seek out a oh, I'm like, no no what i'm saying is like if my child committed suicide i don't deserve or need no, that's to not, sit there that's not at all what i'm saying what i'm saying is there are some people who and for the stage of their healing process, uh-huh. they are not willing or ready or wanting to go and seek counseling and get other perspectives. They want to be in a place where they just want to accept the negative sides of things. Sometimes people don't want healing and we need to face that reality that some people are in very unhealthy spaces in related... Well, was he aiming to heal people or was he... No, he's not. Himself? And that's the whole thing. He's not Dr. Chappelle. He's up there saying what he's saying. So the point that I'm getting at is his stand-up has nothing to do with where a person is. So if a person's watching this and they're in that stage where of where they're they could be easily offended, it's gonna offend them. If they're in a stage of their healing where they're not as offended as easily anymore, because we do go through stages in our healing process where we're not as easily offended by things because they those things don't have power over our emotions anymore 
or at least the strong okay so how about how about you're not necessarily triggered it doesn't send you into some type of depression or anything however you see how this because of the experience you had with it you do realize that this idiot doesn't realize how distasteful that is because it's 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 disgusting and it's nothing to laugh and play about and joke about i think it's not a laughing matter on any level but once again that's that the whole thing of to eat like so there's some people who may be at points and stages where they can laugh at what he said and they've experienced the things that he's joked about and there there may be people on that end of the spectrum who are actually appreciative that they were able to finally laugh about something that was destroying them at some point and controlling their life and so for each side there's a different story to each side and it's not that and i stand on the side of it was offensive as i watched it i know that it was and i hadn't experienced the things that he's joking about and even i knew this is highlighting the worst in me like the there was a, a joke that i chuckled at that i was like i can't i have to sit with the fact that i got to change my thoughts and my ways on things um and when he went into the social commentary that he had about his views on the lgbtqia plus community there's parts of me that was like yeah i get this i get what he's saying and i think there are a lot of people who get what he's saying it does not make it right that even though i thought it and processed it i'm not the holy grail nor is dave you know what i'm saying so just because i had dave articulated a thought that i i share with him doesn't make that thought right didn't make it funny either but the familiarity that comedians have to have in order to remain a comedian is this part of the formula he's just executing what he's supposed to execute and i'm not right you know and in the meantime i understand and know when i heard him say some things i was just like i know he's gonna offend a whole bunch of people Mm-hmm. his truth even if his truth if we really start getting down to the nitty-gritty still matches probably 60 to 70 percent of society regardless of what mask people put on to appear woke there's still a lot of people who feel exactly how he feels and that's probably you know the comedy routine is doing so well because you can you know people can write the rude and uh, Vice and a bunch of other people wrote bad reviews and said skip it but no one's listening to that people are well, I feel like he 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 did something and, and, and when um, what triggered this conversation anyway was the article that you yeah. sent me you know and like you said it's, it's a satire article it's, it's not real news it's just and when they're saying, let's just admit he's a white supremacist, you know, and it talks about him. Um, uh, I'm sorry, it just talks about that this is not a comedy, it's a, a rant, you know, pretty much full of homophobia, bigotry, um, you know, pedophilia, da 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 da, right? Okay, and he touches on all these things. So, what I'm, you know, when I talk about, okay, let's talk about the moral, our, the moral fiber, you know of society you know when looking at that there's always a little truth you know in the joke that's what makes the joke funny yeah that's what makes the joke acceptable because 
you can picture it you've seen it you've done it you've experienced it it's some type of truth in it even if it's over exaggerated there's got to be some level of truth for it to fit and i'm not even talking about his comedy at this point that that article has a little bit of truth in it in order for us to for it to resonate with us you know they had to have some type of foundation based on what he was saying to even be able to write that article okay so but with that being said how much of it did we laugh at yeah now what does that say about us yeah you know yeah all all those elements were in there that that they talked about in that article and after we got past the, the the pedophilia part i laughed at a lot of the stuff that's why it's named sticks and stones because you may because for everybody who hopped down his throat about his transgender jokes they laughed at the molestation jokes for everybody who didn't laugh at the molestation jokes or the transgender jokes laughed at the jesse smollett jokes you know like so it's sort of like it sticks and stones. <laughs> like you may say that i'm the worst for this but guess what you're just as bad as me yeah. you're just as you know what i'm saying like you can say all these different things but Hey man, it ain't gonna hurt me because you are just as you're in the same boat as me. I'm gonna make and that one hour special at one point in these 20 minute increments, at one point you're gonna find yourself if you yes. didn't cut off, you're gonna find yourself saying, Oh, well, that is funny. Oh yeah, Jesse Smollett is stupid. Yeah, Trump is stupid. Or yeah, you know, like anyone that he so like when he came out and scolded the crowd right off the bat for cancel culture. Yeah, when yeah, yeah, people yeah. were yelling in unison, Donald Trump, but he's like, No, it's you, you, and it's that's the that wrapped up the whole idea of what it is, uh, to be and to live in, in the current media climate and the current climate in general that we we have in a I don't, I don't even want to just make it America because the internet has expanded this mind frame. But America has embraced embraced it in a real way that this can't like the idea that the word cancel culture could even like that that's a term that shouldn't even be a term. But it's sort of like, hey, man, all of us have something. What are you going to do to deal with it? Because just talking about it and pretending like you woke, you we all don't cover the board on all social justice issues. So we need to start giving each other a little bit more breathing. But he may not be making that point. That just might be the way I saw it, you know. But to kind of get back to the article that you had, uh, that I had sent you, that we had kind of talked about, um, I have I have my thoughts about that article too, in the sense that the boldness of being able to even jokingly write to say that a, a black man can be a white supremacist for whatever different reasons that someone would want to put out there, it makes zero sense to me um, to, to entertain that as real. But the thing that irritated me the most is this is the, the these mic that like that article in itself is a microaggression. Like it's one of those, or as I like to just say, it's racist. Like to write an article to is to kind of create this whole we can't be right like anyone can be a white supremacist no in the very definition the word white is right there like 
you can't get to the second part. If you want to call Dave a supremacist or whatever, and you want to leave out white, maybe I can entertain that notion. But yet and still, I can't collude. I can't come alongside and okay it just because he's not sitting in a system of supremacy. White people are. And so this whole notion of trying to deflect and if we get comfortable accepting little bitty articles like that and little bitty notions of, and this is a, a true sign of white fragility where it's like, hey, we can't be the only bad guys. Other people have to be the bad guy with me. The truth of the matter is no one's trying to tell you to be a bad guy or a good guy. We're just trying to point out systems of white supremacy exist and they are stopping other groups, specifically people of color from thriving and even living. Mm-hmm. And that, and so when you write an article and you put a headline that says, we need to admit Dave Chappelle's a white supremacist, that is not worth it. Like you putting that out there is not worth it because you are undermining the all of the hard work and effort that people are putting into calling out these systems. And he, and in this article, they're really actually claiming that that's what Dave is doing. They're like, he's not, uh, that he's pulling all of us back in his negative rhetoric and what he's talking about. But to me, it's like, no, like you can't, no one has the right or authority, in my opinion, to, to just completely go beyond the actual definitions of the words. Right. And then someone else in it. Dave is a white supremacist. Well, I think what they're, you know, I agree. Um, And I think that it was, like I said before, I think it's easy for them to do something like that on a, uh, you know, like I said, there's always that some type of truth in a joke kind of thing. And, um, you know, he made the joke with the skit with his show, you know, uh, where he was the black white supremacist. And I think it was just easy to kind of tag that onto him because, you know, like, and, and hide it within there with, you know, their intention within there but however it's funny how we don't we don't realize how our minds are um programmed to believe about certain people even ourselves like we can say to ourselves oh we're kings and queens we're great we're this we're that but uh, there's a there's a subliminal undertone when we talk that automatically puts white people in a supreme position okay in a superior position and when we talk about money we go through a really really rich neighborhood like with big mansions and beautiful homes what's the first thing we don't know who lives there we we, we haven't seen nobody in their yard but what's our immediate assumption in most we're in a white people we're in white folk neighborhood yeah you know what i'm saying like we automatically put them in a place of prestige they are associated with money they're associated with authority um I was just re- recently working with um, our cousin who uh, it was head over the department or whatever and then this guy who's white guy came in and, and no matter what her authority was everybody went through him like all of the it was a white woman, a black woman you know at the office it was all different ones at the office everybody in the office was women but everybody tried to go around her into the white man to get permission he had to keep directing them to her yeah. Now, why do you think that is? Like, so I'm saying all that to say, <clears throat> this person when they said that, they were bringing the subliminal message. They didn't even realize that they got the message that he was doing something that only a white man should be allowed to do. 
Right. You know what I'm saying? And I got Dave Chappelle had some, I don't even know if it was about money, if it's about his position in life, but he had a F you kind of attitude. I don't care. Cancel me. Y'all tried that. Like he had this attitude of you can't touch me. So I'm going to say what I want to say, how I want to say it. And y'all can not, you know, marinate on my middle finger. I don't care. And he had that attitude and we're not supposed to have that attitude. Right. Not not when your skin is brown, you're not supposed to have that attitude. And I think that that's where that's rooted out of is that he took a stance that only white people should be able to take. <laughs> it just be candid. And that, and that, and that's that point where I'm like earlier where I was just like saying like if you want to call him a supremacist, go for it. Leave the white out of it. Because we just you can't ignore the fact that that's just a grown man who has this attitude and we're not gonna uh, like that's his attitude if you want to say Dave's a black supremacist whatever it might be he's just like you described earlier in the stand-up he's just being a butthole and because traditionally it has always been a particular demographic of people yeah it's like oh well he's a white supremacist because that's our best reference for when someone's being a butthole and it's like I wouldn't even go that far because I think there's a heart and a social commentary even behind what Dave is doing opposed to no I'm just doing me because I can there's an irony behind a man who has a stand up like that that premieres but the day before it premieres he throws a large concert to help the shooting victims in his in his area and gives back to his community and consistently does things to pour back into black culture and celebrates it and not just, you know, sits back and is like, yep, I'm rich. I don't have to do anything with you people. So there's a difference between him and let's just say someone in the White House who's just like, no, I'm just keeping the systems going separate from you. Yeah. Sitting up and looking down. Yeah. Yeah. And so I just I, I think that there's a purpose behind his comedy that people want to just say that it's on the surface level but the truth of the matter is there's something deeper going on and he's challenging his own people his mm-hmm. own have an open enough mind to take it beyond just the joke to say man what's wrong with me why did I laugh at, at this or right or even just the line where he's I think he brought it home in the middle of the show he brought it home when he brings up the point of like saying now why is it that I can say the n-word with uh-huh. mm-hmm. anytime i want to but i can't say the f-word and it's like well you're not the f-word i'm not the n-word either either exactly <laughs> the way i've seen it when i got through watching i was telling somebody else i was describing it to someone else i want to say it was fonzo or my brother i'm not sure who i was talking to about to stand up but i described him as that uncle or auntie because I'm that auntie I'm the auntie that if you must eat I'm going to tell you and probably in front of everybody and you're not going to like me for a while because I fronted you out because I embarrassed you and but I'm not going to be the auntie to just act like you don't stink or whisper about it to someone else I'm going to come to you like why your underarms stink go wash your underarms boy Did you? you know what I'm saying right everybody in the room know you stink so I ain't going to put you to the top you know what I'm saying? I'm just being a front you out right there. And I'm pretty sure all my niece and nephews that had experienced my mouth. Have you did you like, see but, the but also 
Huh? Did you see the little girl on t- uh, on social media who she's getting her hair braided between her grandma's legs, and she said, "I don't want to be here," and she and she tells her because <laughs> it, it stinks. <laughs> no. And okay. That, that's that's who you were when you were a little girl. Yes, that's me. You know, but I think I think Dave Chappelle is that uncle that just ain't never bit his tongue, never had a filter, say it, tell it like it is, and then still love you later on, still love you beforehand. You ain't put a little money in your hand. You know what I'm saying? Give you a little good advice about girls or whatever, you know. But he's that he's that uncle that that cares enough to tell you the truth, that cares enough to let you see yourself, but also, don't give up about what you think. Don't care. Like, it's weird that he cares, but don't care. Yeah. He cares enough to see the condition and call it out, but he don't give a flip what you think about him. Yeah. I, yeah, and we all need that, and I think that's the, the thing that changed my heart about yeah, there's some issues in here that I'm offended by, but overall, let me keep moving, because then even with the point of being offended by it, it's okay if someone's offended by it, but I also keep challenging people to say, okay, well, why am I easily offended or triggered by this? And I hope that people who are triggered by it take knowledge of the fact that they're triggered and not blame Dave for triggering them. I mean, he plays his part, but to more take a more responsible approach to say, how can I live a life that's less triggered? You know, like, how can I be happier and healthier in a hateful, mean world? Because Dave is not going to be the last. He wasn't the first. Offense is going to be all around me. How can I get healthier into a better place? And I hope that if nothing else, that's what the takeaway that people kind of have from this stand-up will be. Yeah. They'll try to be happier and healthier. Especially the LGBTQ. I'm I'm sorry. The alphabet people, especially the alphabet people, as he put it. He talked about the T because the transgender is how he's gotten in the most trouble um, from all comments. But there are some people who are standing up and saying the complete opposite of Dave uh, about transgenders. Yes, yes, Mr. Malik Yoke. Now listen, this is the rarest situation I've seen thus far in our community as black people as black men that's just not what you do that's not heard of what do you and do so I want he I'm gonna tell you what he did <laughs> <laughs> he stood up he didn't just stand up for transgender women he said I love our women and so, but he stood up not just in defense because some that basically a man killed himself for being teased and bullied on the internet because he was in he was dating a transgender woman. Okay, so um, I, I believe the woman broke up with him, and anyway, he ended up killing himself. Um, so Malik Yoba was he was he was furious. He wrote this long, I want to call it a dissertation. He just wrote a long. Um, uh, thing about what was it on? Was it on Instagram? Yeah, it was one of them, or both of them. But he wrote um, in defense of this young man and in defense of you know, just of the tragedy of this man taking his life. And he really wrote in defense of himself 
and other men, especially within our community, the black community, who have nowhere to go to express their love, desire, attraction towards transgender women. And so I was interested to hear what he had to say today. But honestly, I'm just going to be honest with you. When I heard the, the, the interview today, I was expecting him to break it down, explain it, you know, a little bit more, give us some more insight. But I don't know if he cowered down. Um, But he just kind of was real general and generic. Like, they were asking him, like, okay, you know, you're, you're, you're making a statement. You're saying that there's no safe place for the you know, man to go and talk about, you know, this or whatever. And he was, he he started describing, to be honest with you, I watched both seasons of Pose. To me, it's not like he was describing that show. He was like, I grew up in New York, you know, around a lot of transgender young, you know, women who were put out of their house, who, you know, were homeless and, you know, the family didn't accept. And I was like, he sounds like he just got through watching Pose. Like right. he didn't, you know, you know, because it was, you know, New York kids getting put out. You know, if you're watching, you know, I was like, eh, I'm not convinced. I don't, I don't know. I mean, and, and, and this is the thing. Like, I, if he likes transgender women, then okay, you know, that's fine. I just don't know if he's really taking a real stand or what is it about. Like, I'm the interview today threw me off because at first I was like, I'm proud of you. You, you stood up. You, you took a stand. Not that it's anybody's business who you're attracted to but people shouldn't be bullying other people because of who they're attracted to you know what I'm saying and it shouldn't have to be this huge secret and you know what I'm saying but you know we're just now in our society getting to a point of trying to normalize homosexuality just you know gay man with gay man lesbian you know gay woman lesbian woman with lesbian woman to try to normalize the transgender situation where there's a man who is or a, a woman who was born a man so she has male genitalia but she's she's taking hormones so she's grown breasts she's feminine looking she's beautiful but then when the clothes come off she may not have had surgery yet that's a whole different world to try to comprehend accepting you know or um just understanding or you, you know what I'm saying like so we normalize two men being together now we have to transition into normalizing the transgender community you know what I'm saying and whatever that means so I was a little disappointed in his interview because I feel like he just kind of talked in general and kind of cowered it down um, but then my um, my my I was look, listening to it on my phone my phone rang and I didn't get to catch the end of the interview so I really can't say <laughs> if he ended up you know stepping up or not yeah I think that it, this is the result of like what that whole what we talked about with the stand up we sometimes are very quick to want to appear to be with an issue that maybe we still hold different feelings about and it's easy to be on the side of justice. It's like when we see these things happen and people say thoughts and prayers or people say this was bad, they shouldn't have did this. It's easy for us to name these things off and live in this world where it's, you know, where it's like, hey, you shouldn't have did this. You shouldn't have did that or this shouldn't go on. 
but then when you're really your feet are put to the fire then it's like oh it's a different reality i can talk about pose i really got into that show and it's wrong um i can talk about the character from when they see us you know i can talk about it when the character was a real life person but you know what i'm saying like i can reference these other people's experiences but in real life you may not have an experience but you still want to lend your voice to it and sometimes yeah you you got to be careful what you say because you may not really feel the way you think you feel sometimes we need to learn to sit with our full emotions and thoughts on things before we lend our voice to it so that we ultimately don't you know don't do more harm because we may still have some eternal some internal uh some internal prejudices or or you know misgivings about a situation i love people in the lgbtqia plus community however i don't know enough to go out and put on a march i don't know but he sounded like this is something that he is a part of like that's attracted to now has he ever experienced because he said there's a lot of he even went as far to say there's a lot of athletes and, and stars and just regular people, you know, who are down low, attracted to or, you yeah. know, um, you know huh? I, I bet that that also is a sensitive thing, too, where once you start saying, yeah, I've dated them, then people go back and start looking at the archives and trying to figure out who's the man you dated, uh, who's the yeah. transgender or who's, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, and then it becomes a thing of people questioning your sexuality. Yeah when you are still questioning your sexuality and maybe even you yourself doesn't know what does this make you because everything why does it have to make you anything that's man, was, that was the point <laughs> i was saying like because everybody's got to have a letter in the alphabet and because you don't know you know because you like being with transgender women as well as you know uh women who, who are just naturally born that way does that you know he may be struggling with what that what definition that is or what or how to put it so it, it's a personal question it's sort of like why eddie murphy doesn't address uh why he didn't do uh, stop doing stand-up because he couldn't address on stage some of the stuff that people were saying and talking about he was in the headlines because people were like oh man eddie murphy's he likes transgenders and he didn't get he didn't hit the stage after that like it was just like uh oh he couldn't answer to it uh, because most comedians have to answer to what's going on in their life, and so and, and and that's the thing. What I'm talking about is that if, like with Dave Chappelle, I'm in a way I'm glad he had the I don't give a f attitude because so many people have to now be PC on on everything they do and say. They can't just be regular people that regularize something you can do and get away with. And would no, it wouldn't matter, you know what I'm saying? A star, a person who's under a certain, or maybe you couldn't get away with certain things because of your because of your job position. But I can get away with that because of who I am, you know what I'm saying? And and it's like it's not fair that you have. Who are these onlookers? Who gave us this gavel and said, "Now you are judge." You know what I'm saying? Like, like where do we get off? just as people period these people are entertainers if they put out a song you like snap your fingers to it and dance if they put out a comedy skit you like laugh to your belly falls out you know what i'm saying if if they're an athlete and they playing a game enjoy the game but when they step off that stage and they live their regular lives whose business is it besides theirs 
It is not your business. I, I hate when I'm looking at something and it's like, oh, so-and-so was seen getting out the car. Like Jamie Foxx. They're on him about this girl who's 19 or 20 or something. And he's claiming he wasn't dating her. He's not dating her now. They keep seeing this girl around him. So it's obvious that they're dating. Let them tell it. If the man said they're not until, you know, until, why is it anybody's business? No, it's not. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I think, yeah. And I just think it's it's part of the profession that, with especially with comedians and, and actors and, and they they want to give off they want to distance themselves from their fame and fortune and one of the best ways to to do that is to try to come across as approachable and just as real as everyone else and that means you may have to be transparent and talk about some things and i think if there was a reason that malik yoba comes out hard and then goes soft in the interview could be two reasons for me in my mind one he's tired of talking about it and since it's nobody's business he can be withdrawn or he was protecting people because it's like now if i say something now all of a sudden other people have to go through these inquiries about my sexuality and i've got to send someone innocent that you know was just innocently in a relationship with me now i got to send them through all the you know all the things of my and it could be that he went on and came out later like i said my phone rang and it cut off the interview um so towards the end of it he may have spoke up and said yeah just yeah just for the point of like you were saying though it didn't matter if he does or he doesn't whose business is it but do you before i got to get out of here do we realistically think and this is, and I'm not saying it in a skeptical way. I think the way I started off the conversation, that question, it sounded skeptical. Let me try to clear the palette here. Do you honestly think that, or how long do you think it would take, or do you honestly think that we can ever get to a point where some of these things that we're hoping to normalize, do you think they will ever be normalized? Um, I think as generations go on, yes, of course. Um, it's like uh, old school generations now. You have old, you you you'll hear a lot of older uh, people talking a certain way that you would never hear our our kids talk. You know, um, so yeah, I think as as the generations die off and <laughs> new ones come in. And the newer ideas, you know, because you still got the old ones who are still holding on to the old stuff, and they're and they're still passing that along, you know. But I think it, it's like that gradual process over time of weeding out, weeding out, weeding out. Um, is that a good thing? I don't know. I mean, is it a bad thing? I'm not here to judge whether it's good or bad that we conform. What I like, we talked about before. The only thing I don't like is I want everybody to have their rights and their freedom because God gives us freedom to choose. I want everybody to have their right to choose whatever they're going to do. I just don't like my rights being taken away in in place of their rights. You know, that's the only thing that I tend to have problem with. So I'm hoping that we get to a place where, you know, um, people can be just accepted for whatever because at the end of the day, God's, you know, that whatever people's final judgment is between them and God, you know, uh, it, with Dave Chappelle, I think he just needed people to see themselves and how ridiculous we are, you know, when it comes down to that with Malik Elba, 
more power to you. Stand up for what you believe in. I'm glad somebody stood up for that young man. Um, and and it doesn't matter who who Malik Yoba is. He didn't even have to include that, and his stand still would have been affected. Just because that we need to bring awareness to those things, you know, whatever. So, I think that people. I wouldn't say don't watch Dave Chappelle. I'm gonna say look at it with a mind that you're not gonna accept being triggered, but you're gonna just look at it for the reality that this is life. This is humanness, you know, and we're all human, and this this stuff happens, you know. So, oh excuse me, I had to sneeze real quick. <laughs> I tried to hold that sneeze in, but uh, thank you for uh, joining me. Uh, I'm, you know, we always had the best conversations. I love when we get to talking and chopping it up about different subjects. So I'm glad you joined me today, Drew. I'm, I'm glad to be here. I'm glad to be here. Like I left the house. I ain't got pants on. Um, no, I'm glad. Yeah, that's, to be here. that's what we all need to know that you sit in the car with no pants like a perv. Okay. Well, you know. Say. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna say what area you in right now. No. <laughs> the Pacific Northwest. That's all you need. <laughs> and if I say it with this voice. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> Look, see inappropriateness. I mean, okay, now that's a prime example, you know, of how we could joke about stuff because there really are freaking, you know, weird old pedophiles. Yeah, uh, you've been flashed in your life before. Yeah. 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 On you and yeah, so yeah, that, that literally happened to me and my cousin. We, you know, some guy, he had no clothes on. He was just driving around. But, uh, <laughs> so, yeah, but we can joke about stuff like that. And it's lighthearted. Like, you know what I'm saying, or whatever. So, I guess we just need to see ourselves as society in that. And um, and and I'm going to say go go watch it. Go watch Sticks and Stones by J- Dave Chappelle, Chappelle on Netflix. I'm going to say just go check it out. And, uh like I said in the last one, mind your business. Like, mind your own business. Leave people alone. <laughs> but uh, thanks for joining me, Drew. I will... Uh, see you next time. See you, Yes, I will see you next time. Because I'm feeling like I'm just kind of easing you in to go ahead and be my co-host. I feel like that's what's happening. That's what you do. Yeah. You just, that's, that's what I feel like that's what's happening. I mean, I just you. let it happen. Okay. Invoices happen. Let it happen. <laughs> <laughs> All right, on that note, goodbye. Bye.